Welcome to the Faith and Money podcast with Keith Connolly and Crystal Wampler. Faith and Money is a podcast where we discuss the relationship of money, wealth, generosity with the Bible. The goal of this podcast is to equip believers in Jesus Christ to honor the Lord with their wealth. Proverbs 3.9. We will explore topics like the true meaning of wealth and its biblical uses. Yeah, and if you haven't already, please go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend. And if you're really uh, adventurous, share it with an enemy. Uh, we will be having many fantastic interviews full of valuable content to help you become a better disciple of Jesus Christ. We want to encourage you. We want to lift you up and we want to give you great content to help you uh, live your full life in Jesus Christ. If you have questions or comments or Rotten Tomatoes for Crystal, please send them to our email, which is faithandmoneypodcast at gmail.com. Wow, look at you picking on me already. And here I was going to ask you about your booking schedule and how it's going. Yeah, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been asking the Lord to give me opportunities to speak in 2023. And opportunities are piling in podcasts. Um, I have an, an opportunity put to potentially teach or speak in New Jersey. Uh, there's talk about uh, having me come out to Utah. Uh, several churches there are interested oh. in that. And I'll be participating in my first uh, virtual uh, international forum uh, in conjunction with the Quakerdale Foundation. And that'll be uh, a summit that'll be international and that'll be aired at the end of March. So I'm busy preparing for that. Um, there's some several churches and men's groups in San Diego, California that are interested. So, you know, as many opportunities as I can get, I'm happy to go and do that and speak on the topics of, of money and wealth and, and generosity. It's been, a, it's been a real pleasure. And, and, you know, maybe someday I'll write a book. Congratulations on filling that schedule. Maybe I'll have you write the book, Crystal. <laughs> Put my name on it. <laughs> oh, as long as I get some uh, dividends. I believe they're, what are they, royalties? Royalties, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fine with me. Good. So it looks like it's time for our question of the day. Why don't you give us the question, Crystal? So the question of today, Keith, is how often does the stock market lose money? Well, that's a that's a very interesting question. The stock market loses money every day. So that's kind of a weird way to answer it, though, isn't it? Uh, but, you know, markets fluctuate all the time. People don't realize it, but the cost of your house goes up and down every day, every single day. Even years where the stock market is going up 20%, there's still a point in, the, in that year where they're gonna have a protracted period of time where the market goes down 5% or more. So, you know, to sarcastically answer that question, the stock market goes down every single day. But what I really think you're asking is how often do we have significant market declines? And that's, a, and that's probably more what you're asking. Um, and so 
What I like to tell people is that what we call bear markets is a, a period of time where the market uh, is going down, 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 right? They're very volatile. The market is having an extended period of time where you know, the prices of equities are going down. That is a short-term event. We count those in months. And on average, bear markets are about 16 months. And opposed to that is the bull market. And we measure bull markets on average in terms of not months, but years. So why do we always remember the bear markets? Nobody remembers what the stock market did in, in 2012. But I bet you if I, if I went to the mall and I asked somebody what the market did in 2008 and 9, I guarantee you 80, if not 100% of the people will be able to tell me. Mm -hmm. It's because we have a long-term memory for bad news. But the bad news is that market markets go down, but it's a short-term thing. And we can never really know when we've hit the bottom of those markets until after the fact. So, you know, how often does the stock market go down every day? But for bear markets, you know, they're on average about 16 months. And that happens about every seven to 10 years on average, sometimes more, sometimes less. Interesting. So, um, you know, I want to go ahead and uh, make it a big announcement. Our business has gone through some changes. Uh, for the last several years, I've enjoyed working with clients, um, providing great service and, and investment advice, as well as advice on insurance and planning, retirement plans. And none of that is changing. But what is changing is the name of the business. Um, no longer will my business be under the name of Conley Financial. Or Conley Financial. The name of, of our firm is now True Legacy Financial Planning. Now, you know, we could go ahead and, and kind of flesh out what exactly that, that name means, True Legacy Financial Planning, but we are going to be a, a firm that focuses primarily on uh, high net worth business owners, as well as providing financial advice to nonprofit ministries such as churches uh, and schools. But we will also be focusing on ministers and other Christians who want to receive advice um, th that is gleaned from the Bible in regards to their money. Um, we have released a website. We're very, very excited. It just came out Friday last week. If you're listening to this podcast, we, we would love to have you visit our website, which is www.truelegacyfp.com. So we will go ahead and, and continue to provide all the same service, but just under the, the framework of True Legacy Financial Planning, and we're really excited for that. But moving on, in today's episode, we will be talking with my good friend and business coach, Kathleen Reese Jubinville about the people we serve in our businesses. Hi, Keith. Hi, Crystal. 
Hi, Kathleen. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of this show. Yeah, this is great, Kathleen. You know, you and I have had several conversations over the last few years. You've just been a breath of fresh air and and I couldn't be more excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for being here. Kathleen Reese Jubilee. Jubinville. Oh, I like Jubilee better. <laughs> <laughs> Jubinville. And I practiced that just so you all know. Uh, you did. You can just call me Kathleen. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kathleen. Is a business coach and owner of the Fearless Climb. She helps coaches and consultants who are struggling to get leads and tired of waiting for referrals from their networking partners. In her free workshop, She teaches small business owners how to get clients online and gain control over their income. Kathleen has been an entrepreneur since 2002 and has extensive experience in education in small business finance, marketing, and sales. She also wrote a book on leadership called Grow a Pair of Antlers, (laughs) The Fearless Climb to Lead Your Herd. (laughs) which you can download for free on her website, thefearlessclimb.com. Kathleen has coached and trained hundreds of small business owners and is excited to talk with us today about the blessings and responsibilities of entrepreneurship. So Kathleen, uh, you started out in business uh, with bookkeeping, is that right? I did. Uh, I had a 30 career, 30 year career in accounting. And when my second child was born 20 years ago now, hard to believe, I decided to start my own QuickBooks consulting service for small business owners. And I had that for 12 years and grew it and sold it and then decided to serve at a, at a different level and help people in more well-rounded way as a business coach. So you must really like counting beans. <laughs> I do. Are they beans or pinto beans or cocoa beans? Oh, cocoa for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say coffee until you said cocoa then. <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> Very good. Well, you know, today we want to talk about the opportunity that business owners have in working with different types of people and how um, that influences us as Christians. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and what I've learned being in business for several years now, for at least five years, I'm about to go into my sixth year of, of independent um, financial planning, is that you really have to live with the motto that a stranger is just a friend that you haven't met yet. Mm. Uh, You know, not everyone is going to be your best friend and, you know, you may not jive with everyone and may not everyone may like me, but uh, you know, as a business owner, you have the, the goal and, and the responsibility to be a blessing to multiple people. Uh, and, and, you know, it's incredible the opportunities and the different type of people I've met yeah. uh, in business. Uh, you know, so, you know, when we 
talk about the kind of people that we meet in business so often it's, hey, I need a referral to that next big client, right? It's, you know, I'm always looking for the referral to the next million dollar investment client, right? Yeah. But, but, you know, and that's, and that's, that's what everyone thinks of, you know, we bless our clients, we bless the people we serve our customer. Um, What are some ways that we help uh, our clients succeed through our businesses? Well, I, I love entrepreneurship and I love it mostly because you do get so much contact with so many different kinds of people. And especially in this digital world, this online world, I, I just was on a call the other day with somebody who lives in Africa and she just wants to start this little coaching service and life coaching service. And I, you know, she can't afford to work with me, but I got to talk to her for 15 minutes and give her some support. And so, you know, that those are the kind of people that I even include in my client base. When we talk about serving clients, it's like you said, it's a stranger you haven't, or friends you haven't met yet. Any stranger, we have the opportunity to give them our knowledge, which is why she reached out to me but also the opportunity to influence them. So I gave her encouragement and support. But the reason I took that call when I knew she probably wasn't going to sign up with me as a client and pay me any money was because I got in, I am doing this business. I got into business because I believe we have that God has asked us to be a light in the world. So for me, it was about saying a prayer before I got on the call with her and saying, God, just let me be a light in this woman's life right now and give her love and show you your show her your love. And so knowledge, influence and love is the, a great way for us to serve our clients and potential clients. Amen. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's very interesting, you know, some some people, even employees who are Christians, think that they have to preach the gospel um, through their job. And and what I really tell a lot of people who are employees, and there's nothing wrong with being an employee, if that's your thing, um, that they're not paid to preach. They're Mm -hmm. not paid to share the gospel. They're paid for a service that they're providing their employer. But even yet, it's still possible to share the the light of Christ. You know, I don't go to networking meetings or or mastermind groups or chamber meetings with the goal of, hey, I need to preach the gospel at this meeting. But it's amazing how many opportunities I've had over the last several years to talk to people about Jesus Christ, that I would have never had that opportunity had I not been in business. Absolutely. That is so true. And, and, you know, I talk with my mom once said, you know, well, Kathleen, maybe you should be doing uh, presentations in churches and things like that. And that's great. But I, I just felt like I, I told her, I said, you know, I really feel like I'm being called to talk to people who aren't in the church. Like that's not my calling that I get the chance to, to show light and love to people. And like you said, Keith, I'm not preaching. Now I put out content. My book includes a, a portion, a chapter on faith. So I talk about my faith. I talk about how my faith helps me be resilient and 
and uh, courageous out there in the world as I'm talking to people, but I don't have to preach because if I just be who I am in Christ, that attracts people and they eventually do have a conversation with me, not everybody, but those that do, I know that I have now that opportunity, that relationship, that trust where I can share where that light and that hope comes from. Yeah, it's very interesting, you know, just doing your service or your job well and you know letting people know that you're not going to participate in things like gossip or slander um you're not going to screw people over or try to cheat them mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. notice that uh mm-hmm. and and i've had people say you know why why are you different from a lot of the other financial advisors that i speak with and they they see that I'm different because I have a different focus. Yes. Um, my focus is, you know, very strongly on the the family legacy. Um, and I tell people that they need to have a long-term perspective and the longer term, the better. Yes. And even, in, you know, think of your investments. I tell my clients, even from an eternal perspective. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what's the return on your investment when you think eternally? Yes, exactly. And as a business owner, I mean, really, all I want is to have God say, well done, good and faithful servant. So for me, that's my long term. And so everything I do on a day to day basis now, you know, I have days I'm getting up on the wrong side of the bed. Don't get me wrong here. (laughs) However, when I turn on my Zoom, which is how I do business, I I try to think few seconds before I turn on that camera, what it is I'm trying to do. And that actually helps me when I'm doing, like even getting on this podcast or doing any kind of stage presentation or anytime I get on camera or on stage, I actually will, you know, those nerves you get before you get out there and people are listening and watching. I will say a prayer God, just to have, have me impact one person's life today, help me remember that I'm here to serve and to give and to represent you. And it's amazing how that ner- those nerves go away because it's no longer about me. Am I going to stumble over my words? Am I going to say something stupid? Am I going to look goofy? It's no longer about me. It takes all the pressure off and it allows God to work through me. So uh, having faith as a business owner is, is so impactful. And not just in how we can impact our clients, but also how we can serve our employees. So, or the vendors that we're working with, not all of us have staff, but we all have independent contractors we're working with to build our websites or whatever it is. And so for these people, you know, when, when they send us a bill, it's important that we pay them you know, timely and correctly for the work that they're doing, because we're helping them support their families. We're helping them feel purposeful in their life. And so if the mission of your company is to understand that you're a primary contributor to their life, to their fulfillment, to the people that, you know, their spouses, their kids, their extended family that they're supporting, it's so important for us to provide positive feedback, to give them opportunities to grow or to serve at their fullest to have that ongoing communication and feedback, to give them a chance to succeed, and then also to give them fair 
feedback when things aren't going right. So, you know, you don't ghost them. You don't just not pay them. You have those conversations that are fair, ethical, and that are caring about the other side and not just your side. I had a client one time when I was bookkeeping and I sent her an invoice and for the number of hours I'd worked on a project and she, and I, she'd worked with me for quite a while. And she called me, she's Kathleen, this bill is just way too high. And I said, Sue, not her real name, Sue, uh, you know, I, I, this is the number of hours that I worked on this project, but I can hear that you're concerned. I definitely should have communicated better how long this was taking me. And your relationship means way more to me than this money does. And, and honestly, I needed that money, but I was telling the truth. Her relationship was more important. And so I offered to like cut the bill down to like a half or something like that. She says, no, no, I'm, I'm going to, let's make it, let's cut the difference. I'll give you 75%. So she then that we were, she was my client for years and years after that, because I cared about her and she cared about me. And we just had that conversation, that tough conversation. So relationships mean tough conversations too, especially as a person of faith, because that relationship is so important. I think that when we're talking about, you know, serving clients and then serving those who are helping us in our business, whether it's employees or vendors, choosing those employees or those vendors is just as important. Yeah. Uh, you know, hiring the wrong person to help you who maybe doesn't have the same ethics or work ethic that we do, um, or maybe not even the right skills for the job is going to hurt, you know, numerous people. It's gonna hurt yeah. you as the business owner, it's gonna hurt your customers or clients. And we need to give, you know, we need to also help the people that we're hiring to succeed and and help them to grow. And and I've seen so many business owners where they get angry when their employee moves on and goes to the next gig. And instead, we should be celebrating that we've helped that employee, you know, get up to the next level. Absolutely. We shouldn't be getting angry or sour faced when people succeed. We should be rejoicing with them. And, you know, I feel a lot of purpose in what I do. And I know you do too, Kathleen. Yes. Uh, You know, we, we have this mission, we have this desire to have impact. And, and if we are hiring people who are just there for a paycheck, ultimately, at the end of the day, no one is going to succeed. And I love that you talk about mission and impact, because obviously, when we're hiring people, an independent contractor is different. But when you're hiring employees, you there's no reason to discriminate. As long as they are aligned with your mission of your business, you don't, they don't have to be Christian. In fact, I love working with a lot of different diversity, a lot of different faiths and colors and, and whatever, because then we have the opportunity to have those conversations. And I'm not trying to convert them in an employee employer relationship, but I'm just showing who I am and we're sharing that mission and reaching as many people as we can. And like you said, then I have the opportunity to mentor them in their career and see them bloom and believe things in themselves that they didn't see. They may not see for themselves, which is most of the time. It's amazing. People are amazing and they don't know it. (laughs) You know, when, when 
going back to my theology background, because I am a nerd, um, <laughs> I think of, of the what we call the doctrine of common grace. Mm-hmm. And on the one hand, you know, the doctrine of common grace says that God calls, causes the sun to shine and the rain to fall on both the righteous and the wicked. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing because, you know, our unbelieving neighbors need to eat just like we do. Yes. They need a roof over their heads just like we do. Yeah. Um, but God has also equipped many unbelievers with significant skills, whether it's a talent like music or or medicine or whatever it may be. God has blessed those people with those abilities. And and so, you know, when we talk about business owners hiring employees, we need to recognize that a Christian person may not be the right employee for us <laughs> for whatever reason. That's right. But, but our unbelieving applicant may be. Yes. Uh, job descriptions, Keith, job descriptions <laughs> that don't include, you know, right. that, what faith and color and all that. Just a job description. Here's what we need to get done. And then when you talk, do they have integrity? You know, do they share your vision? That's it. Right. Right. Absolutely. And, and, you know, by the way you run your business, present yourself, you're going to attract certain people. Yeah. Uh, I once upon a time I worked for a company which well sh- shall remain nameless, but it it it's a uh, named after a river that is in South America. Um, <laughs> you know, I I can't imagine. I wonder which one. Be, but I I just remember getting worked like a dog yeah. and uh, working you know sixty hour weeks you know, very heavy manual labor for, you know, 60, 70% of the year um, and being treated like you, they could, you know, chew you up and spit you out. And, and they eventually did spit me out. Uh, and I felt, you know, I, I, I left that job uh, feeling very disgruntled and yes. we never want to see a client or a customer <laughs> leave our our care feeling that way but we don't want our employees to feel that way either and I think companies expect you to care as much about your business as you do uh and and so if we're hiring the same thing could be true you're never going to have your employees care as much about what you do as you do so as business owners it's not like we're not putting in 60 hours a week sometimes I know we do I'm thinking about my business almost 24 7 so you know even if I'm not working so we I put in a lot of time as a employee and I put in a lot of time as an entrepreneur but as an entrepreneur I have the opportunity to also bless my family in some ways that I couldn't as an employee, which includes I'm in more control of my income, but mostly I'm in control of my time, which is why I started my first business is I wanted that flexibility. Now I have been a mom and had a full-time job. So there, this isn't about not being able to do all of that. It's just that I wanted this, I wanted to be able to work when I wanted to work. So there were times, there's still times I get up at 4am and work for a little bit, but then I get to take the middle of the day off and have lunch with my son or my daughter. So it's just about, it was for me, it was about the flexibility. It's not about that. You can't take care of your family as an employee. And certainly, uh, you know, one of the things, the other things I love being and why I love being an entrepreneur is I also am showing my kids that, I'm taking chances. I am 
you know, I have to be honestly have to be way more resilient than when I was an employee. I have to have a different kind of mindset, stewardship of my money, uh, creativity. I still work hard, but when you work hard and you don't have to report to somebody else to work hard, it's you're reflecting a different level of, uh, you know, your own values and your own self. So I also like this as a blessing to my family as a business owner. So clients, employees, and family as ways to bless and show, you know, and also I get to talk about sometimes I've had a client who's going through a rough day and I know he's, there was one that I know was a man of faith. And so I had an opportunity to pray with him and pull the Bible out with him. And then I got to share that conversation with my family and show how I'm bringing my faith into my business. So I love being able to be kind of a model as parents, we are models for our kids. And I love the way that I have that opportunity as a business owner to model to my kids as well. Yeah. And when you model how you should be treating your customer and client and your employees, that, that makes an impression upon your family. Yeah. Um, so what, so what I think I heard you say earlier is that you're willing to meet with Crystal t- at two o'clock tomorrow morning on Zoom? <laughs> uh, no, not exactly. <laughs> I think you misheard me, Keith. <laughs> well, okay, because I won't be there, but. <laughs> I won't be there either. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's good. That's good. I say, you know, having a business is a blessing to your family, I mean. You know, there's just so much there and and so many business owners, you know, pour their heart and souls into these businesses. And, you know, they may spend more time in their business than they do with their family. Uh, and they they may build something quite substantial. Uh, and there's value there. And if, you know, a lot of families lose some very important opportunities because they don't do enough planning. You know, what I tell every Mm -hmm. single business owner I ever meet is that I don't care who you are. I don't care what business you're in. There will be a day where you're no longer in business. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One way or the other, it's an undetermined reason and it's an undetermined time. At least it's not determined by me. Right. And so often you know, we leave our businesses before we think we will. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and not enough business owners think about their families with their businesses and making sure that they can transfer their ownership yes. to the business for a, for an adequate value. They may just sell all the equipment and supplies and be done and, you know, liquidate everything, but they might be able to get far more than that. And I'm, you know, I'm working with several family-owned businesses. One of them is a commercial real estate company, and the other is a company that makes uh, biomedical devices. And I provided them, uh, or I am providing them with a business valuation, yes. showing them different ways to value it and effective ways to transfer it. You know, with taxes and and how to make sure that it's done at a, in a timely manner maybe even picking who will be the owner B before you're ready to do that. I mean, so that's kind of my little nerdy world of faith-based business planning using a lot of very complex techniques. But, you know, if we're not 
going to be as much of a blessing to our family from a financial perspective. If we're spending all our time in our business, we leave our business, then have nothing to leave our family. Well, and these are excellent points, Keith. And there's really two kinds of businesses. There's a solopreneur who you might have some people kind of working part-time or, you know, some vendors, but basically if you're not working, you're not making money. And if something happens to you, the business is gone, like it's over. And there's entrepreneurs who build a business that has people helping them, that has systems in place. And those are the people, especially that need to do business planning with you. And you need to do that at least three to five years before you are thinking about selling or retiring or whatever it is. Now, you know, again, you made the point, we don't know when we might be called (laughs) to another place and the business is gone. Not, not, we're not there for the business anymore, but either way, I I see way too many people at the last minute, like, oh, I just want to get out of this business. I want to sell it. And they are getting way too low of a value for that because they have not planned in advance. They don't have their financials in place. They don't have their systems in place. The only reason I was able to put, to sell my bookkeeping service after 12 years was because halfway through my mind shifted from solopreneur to entrepreneur. And I started building systems online so that I could delegate. So that somebody else could replace me. If someone else can't replace you in your business, then you're not ready to sell it or retire and really provide that financial support for your family, like build that legacy with your business. Like you're talking about legacy. That's what this is all about. And so it's really important to A, work with a business coach and A, (laughs) I don't know which one. I don't mean to put myself A. You can be A, Keith, but work with a financial advisor to start doing that planning and also uh, tax, you know, which I'm sure you would connect them with as well to make sure those the money is like being counted correctly and and those financials are being prepared properly. Well, and, you know, I, I, I would just have a slight deviation from what you said and that you said every, within three to five years. Honestly, once your business is established and, and su- has some level of success, you should be getting a valuation done. And that doesn't have to co- cost you thousands right. of dollars. But there are strategies that we can help you put in place that will maximize the value before you have to fix a lot of stuff mm. or before something happens, like maybe a key salesperson dies or, or goes to the competitor across town. You know, th- th- these are many different things. But, you know, in any event, whether, you know, regardless of all these details, We have an obligation to our family and I have an obligation to my family as a husband to care for my wife and children by maximizing the value of my business, by providing exceptional value to not only my customer, but also to the people who are helping me. Yeah, absolutely. And you made a really good point, Keith, is, you know, I'm thinking about the selling or retirement point with the three to five years. But you're right, like now is the time to start talking to you about how to put into place those plans to start, you know, saving money for that retirement. So preparing your business for transition is different from preparing yourself for retirement, which is something you need to be doing right now with Keith. (laughs) So, you know, kind of moving towards the end of our talk here, Kathleen, you know, why is it that that you love to offer your your clientele or your prospective clients? 
what is it that I love to offer them? Yes. So I am, one of the things that I saw and what I did when I started my first business was I just got into networking and started doing, refer, you know, getting referrals. And I still love to do that. Referral marketing is fabulous. So don't stop doing that. However, when I started doing business coaching and shifting, the world had changed. Even before all the lockdowns and all that, the world had changed and really got online and digital marketing. All this just started exploding. It was there a long time ago, but it just started exploding. And so there there are opportunities that people are missing by staying local in their local networking groups and, and only trying to connect with those people in their immediate area social media, your website, you can offer online workshops, you can, you need to put, you really need to, I don't usually say need, but this is a need these days for businesses, you need to put into place an email marketing program, where you are offering value, asking for people for their emails in exchange, and then nurturing that relationship with newsletters and other types of offers. If you're, if you just have your business on social media, you don't own that. Your account can get locked down. The social media site could go out of business or whatever. You have nothing. I've heard stories of people with millions and millions of followers and it's gone in an instant. Email marketing is important. So what I love to offer people, I have a workshop called the client attraction model. And you can go to go.thefearlessclimb.com slash workshop to register. It uh, There's one coming up on Monday, but I'm doing this regularly. So don't worry about the date uh, and we can get you in there so that you can learn how to start doing this. It's the basics so you can start learning how to do this for your business. Yeah, we will go ahead and put that link in our show notes when this episode is released. Thank you. Um, I, I have gone through this uh, workshop it is really just mind opening. Uh, I know how to post on Facebook. I know how to post on LinkedIn, but I'm just now barely scratching the surface when it comes to, you know, growing a, a online network or an online attraction model. And, and I'll, I'll flat out say that I really got a lot of value out of what you provided Kathleen and, 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 I'm starting to do some of these things and, and, you know, I was working on this website that I announced today and, and uh, while we were doing that and, and I've put together that email marketing campaign, both of you should be on my email list. If you aren't, let me know. I am. I love it. Everybody sign up. It's great. Sign up for Keith's newsletter. So, uh, So yeah, I mean, Kathleen, you are a breath of fresh air. Uh, and we really like what you're doing, and uh, we will be glad to share you um, with everyone in our network. And thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, again, if you have any uh, questions or comments or, or Rotten Tomatoes for Crystal, please do email us at faithandmoneypodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, we're glad to have you. Um, pass on the podcast to a friend or maybe even an enemy. All right, until next time, bye-bye.